Hey, I'm Godwin Idiavo, and welcome to another episode of GI Nutrition. Nice to have you here, Michael. And uh, thanks for Thank coming. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, can you give us a little bit of description of yourself, just for the audience? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, my name is Michael Ijoa. I'm a personal trainer and performance nutritionist. Uh, I've worked as a personal trainer for around about seven years. Uh, my background is in occupational therapy. So I did that for a few years before transitioning into personal training and nutrition work. Um, I've had uh, a kind of personal training business uh, for the last five-ish years, um, mostly in-person coaching before kind of transitioning into 100% online coaching now. And I, yeah, I train clients all around the world. I've worked with people in over kind of 15 different countries from your everyday exerciser to your kind of higher performance athletes. Um, and yeah, that's a very kind of short snapshot thing of what I do, but I'm, I'm also kind of a content creator podcaster, speaker, writer, and I spend a lot of my time creating ridiculous videos on the internet trying I to educate people about nutrition ridiculous. and exercise. I love your ridiculous videos, by the way. I'm just putting out <laughs> Thank there. You. Okay, oh, just go ahead right into it. Um, what is anti-diet culture? Or what is diet culture, firstly? Just a brief explanation for everyone to know what diet culture is. Of course, I'm sure you'll get a very different answer depending on who you're yeah, asking there. Like there isn't really a set definition. Um, but the way that I view diet culture is all the unnecessary kind of rules and regulations that the fitness industry, weight loss companies, diet companies have put around exercise and nutrition that are completely unnecessary and actually take away from uh, focusing or improving upon a person's health. So that could be kind of anything from fad diets to even more normalized approaches that a lot of personal trainers use, like obsessive calorie tracking, focus on body image and shrinking the size of our bodies in regards to weight loss. And it can come in so many different forms, but it's the way that I view it and and describe it. It's just, as I said, the, the unnecessary tactics that unfortunately are prioritized by a lot of personal trainers, nutritionists, coaches, um, that really should not be the emphasis when it comes to improving a client's health or well-being. Yeah, I I really do not like that culture because in our today in today's world basically is ruling us. The goal or the need for normalcy of everything should be this way, is it that this way or the other way is ruling our mind and I think I think it's fueling um, the diet culture propaganda too. I just think that. Okay. Yeah, it really is. There's a, there's a strong emphasis on on kind of weight loss seems to be the focus um, yeah. for for every coach. Like, I mean, if you just go onto Google now and type in kind of weight how loss. to eat a healthy diet, the first kind of five or six things that pop up on Google are diets to help you lose weight. Like, like off the bat, companies are already telling us, right, the way to get healthy, shrink your body, and that's it. You know. Yeah. Um, and we need to start moving away from that and. Yes, by all means, if, if that's one of your goals, um, then go for it, eat your heart out. But I think that people need to realize that there is a big difference between um, a diet or an exercise plan that is shrinking your body and a diet and exercise plan that is truly going to bring you long-term health. Okay. All right. Um, next thing I have here is 
what is anti-diet culture basically yeah that's it mm-hmm. yeah so i like to think that that is the content that i'm creating if anyone um has checked out my social media content i spend a lot of time busting the myths and calling out the nonsense you know so um there are a lot of people on social media now that are creating some really good content um trying to break through this diet culture uh, narrative that you see throughout the fitness industry um it can be anything from kind of uh, providing kind of short snippets of educational content or it can be like what i'm doing now creating kind of short snappy funny videos that don't take themselves too seriously but also slowly help people to fight through the noise because people don't know where to turn do they um it as soon as someone wants to try and get to grips with their health or with their exercise or their nutrition there is so much misinformation out there that people genuinely do not know where to start like i posted yeah. a video up today because someone commented on one of my posts saying that vegetables are bad for you you know yeah, like that. when we're seeing these kind of messages on social media it's like no wonder the everyday person is completely lost very lost and mm. the problem is that some are so confident that they will argue with you and it's so mm-hmm. crazy and it's annoying that this guy is so confident in his rubbish and you're arguing with me that knows it it's I know, right? It's the joys of the internet, hey? Uh, (laughs) People have found far too much confidence in knowing very little. Um, And and unfortunately, there's there's a lot of bad research out there. There's a lot of doctors who are kind of seemingly qualified that promote a lot of nonsense to make themselves a lot of money. And then that then gives ammo to these people that think they know what they're talking about. Um, It's it's a dangerous mix, social media. Yeah. And another thing, social media is also, like you said, is somewhat fueling the promotion of um, the diet culture in our society. Do you think so? What's your thought on that? Yeah, social media is, um, it's it's amazing. Like, I love it. It's, it's allowed me to kind of create a, a business and a platform to help people find a way through the nonsense, you know. But then with that, there's just as many accounts or possibly more accounts that are spreading absolute nonsense and there is zero regulation especially within the uk and anyone can call themselves a nutritionist you don't have to you don't have to have any qualifications at all anyone can say i'm a nutritionist and this is the way that you should do it and people don't know whether what you're saying is right or not and it's very rare now that i i start working with a client who hasn't had a bad experience with some coach in the past like that's just unfortunately the reality of it now um and yeah social media puts a strong emphasis on the way that our body looks so as soon as someone has a six-pack as soon as someone is considered very lean low body fat levels because we're told that this is what healthy is, we believe them, you know, like as soon as this person has the image or the body type that society tells us we're supposed to have, we trust them. Um, and that's where a lot of the issues stem from. Yeah. And with the rise of this um, diet culture and social media collab, um, I feel with the rise of this anti-diet culture um, propaganda and talks and events coming around, I feel um, diet culture is also adjusting to use certain keywords found in, found in healthy eating and anti-diet event um, posts or anything to even, um, how do I put it now, to improve their hold on other people. Mm-hmm. You, I, I'm not sure you get me. 
I'm trying. No, to I do. You're you're com you're completely right. You're completely right. Yeah. I mean, one of the most popular uh, diet trends at the moment. And they use a lot of catchy words that are used within kind of intuitive eating, um, body neutrality, body autonomy, um, yeah. kind of um, groups on the internet who are doing some really good work at trying to combat the dangerous nature of some of their tactics. And you've got these mainstream diets that are using all of their wording and using their tactics to then sell them another diet. So yeah. you're completely right. It's um, all these they know what words sell, right? You, They know what things are going to do well on social media. They will jump on a bandwagon and turn that into something negative and something that is, is out there to damage people further. So, yeah, social media has, has a huge role to play. And, yeah, these companies aren't stupid. <laughs> yeah, social media marketing is constantly adjusting to fitting with whatever is coming against them, like to to make it part of their own um agenda to you know fight mm -hmm. against their opposition and it's yeah very... I, I don't know how they get away with it either because I, I, I mean i don't know if you've ever tried to run any facebook ads or anything um in regards to health and fitness like the the rules and the t's and c's around what you're allowed to advertise is really limited like you can't use before and after photos you can't use specific wording about kind of improving your body or improving yeah. your health you know like it's really tight um what with what you can use yeah social media yeah um and then you and then you have these massive companies that seem to bypass that and they're allowed to advertise these kind of fat burning products these fat burning pills or or whatever it is and they just seem to get away with it and i, I truly don't know why that is the case because when coaches like myself are trying to preach a balanced message around health and fitness are really restricted on what you're allowed to put on social media why are these kind of big corporations allowed to just bypass that it's it's incredibly frustrating yeah so one last question not really the last one but do you believe mm -hmm. in uh, health at every size this is a very complex question. So the Health at Every Size movement um, has done some incredible good uh, when it comes to kind of exposing a lot of the practices within the fitness industry and um, and trying to shift the focus away from the way that our bodies look. Because, I mean, the way that someone's body looks, the size of someone's body is a really, really bad way of assessing someone's health status, um, which is very weird for people to hear if they've never been challenged on that thought. You know, all our lives we've been told, if you're in a bigger body, you're unhealthy. That's yeah. it. You're considered lazy. Um, you know, this is the narrative that we've, we've been told. And it's, it's just simply not true. Healthy bodies come in all shapes and sizes. Um, I spoke to, there's a guy called Dr. Giles Yo. Uh, he's a geneticist um, specializing in obesity. He works at Cambridge University and he, he put it in a really nice way. And he, he said that, okay, you might not be able to have health at every size, but health comes in many sizes um, on an individual level. So myself, I, I might be considered very healthy if I was in a larger body, whereas someone else might be considered unhealthy in a larger body like all of our, our bodies can all deal with it in a slightly different way so it's incredibly damaging when you have someone who's in a larger body on social media they post they post anything and, and the amount of hate they get where they are just considered lazy and unhealthy because they're in a bigger body is just simply not true and um, there are so many different things that impact body size um and 
society hasn't quite caught up with that yet, such as genetics, education, food access, socioeconomic background, income, ethnicity, you know, like so many different things are going to impact you and why your body is a certain size. So to just say that because someone's in a slightly larger body, they are unhealthy, just just isn't right. And, um, and that's a message that I will continue to champion because it, it, it needs to become wider known. You know, you just have to look at Sports Illustrated. I don't know if you saw on social media in the last week or so. Um, there was a new Sports Illustrated magazine cover in the US, I believe. It's, I think it's like a swimsuit magazine. I don't actually know what it is, but usually it's kind of quite a slim thin yeah. model on the oh, front yeah, yeah. Um, and they use someone it. in a slightly larger body and the amount of abuse that this person has been getting online the amount of criticism this company has got for putting this person on the cover is quite terrible yeah it's disgusting it's 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 horrific some of the things that people are writing about her and it's it's wild you know and a lot of the people that are calling this out saying oh it's unhealthy why are you putting this person on a magazine cover if you go look at any men's health men's fitness magazine large majority of people that have been on the cover of those magazines have been using steroids let's be honest steroid use is rife within the fitness industry yeah but you never hear people saying oh well that's healthy you shouldn't be putting that person on the front cover do you it's simply just because society is fat phobic they don't like people in larger bodies all the criticism comes their way you know and it's um yeah it's it's uh, it's really, really frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I know that was a very long-winded answer to your question, but, yeah, the health at every size movement, body positivity, body autonomy, whatever kind of body neutrality movement, whatever you want to kind of bracket it under, has done some incredible things. There's a lot of misinformation within those groups, but yeah. they have helped to shift the fitness industry into a in a slightly more balanced way, but there's still a long way to go. All right. Okay, for those listening that want to... Um go into this anti-diet movement, I want to start eating healthier, I want to start <clears throat> avoiding the clutches of the diet culture, I want to know what, how to do it, what do you recommend? Yeah, so so if someone's kind of wanting to, to make some changes to their health and improve it, yeah? Yeah, basically, without the whole yeah. diet culture propaganda ruling them. <clears throat> Perfect, so... Off the bat, always think about whatever habit you're looking to implement into your own life. Can you see yourself sustaining that habit in a year's time from now? And if the answer is no, then the chances are it's not sustainable and you're not going to stick for it to very long at all. And it's not going to have much success. So always, always think about long term when it comes to anything exercise related or food. So if we start with exercise, your form of exercise you enjoy, it might not be optimal. Uh, You might just like walking. You might just like dancing. You know, these might not be optimal forms of exercise uh, if you were to speak to an exercise specialist but if you can see some longevity in it and you can see yourself sticking to it for a long time or maybe for the rest of your life then that is what you should focus on focus on enjoyment focus on longevity and the success will come Um, and then when it comes to nutrition um the first thing that people think of when they think about improving their diet is right what can i cut out of my diet to improve it And that needs to change. So rather than thinking, what can I take out of my diet? Look at what your diet looks like now and say, right, what can I include 
within my diet that is going to help improve it. Um, if we're always thinking about healthy eating as restriction and cutting back on things that we love, you're going to create a really unhealthy relationship with food. So think, right, what can I add in? It might be more water. It might be you're really lacking in proteins. You need to increase your protein intake. You might not eat many fruits and vegetables, which are not bad for you, as a side note. You might not be eating many fruits and vegetables, and, and that's what you need to include. If you can just make these small, healthy changes of slowly improving your diet, your relationship with it will be better, the longevity of those changes will be better, and you'll be far happier and satisfied by doing so. And if you can start with that, they sound like really small changes, but they will have a huge impact on your life. And that should be your start point. Oh, wow. Thanks. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for honoring my invitation. Thank you for coming, basically. And thank you for your explanation. If someone wants to reach out to you, can you just say your handle? But I'll still post it when I'm posting this video. But say your handle for people that want to watch your really quirky and funny videos. <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm um, yeah. I I'm always happy to chat exercise and nutrition. So um, so whenever anyone reaches out, I jump at the opportunity. So thank you for that. Um, so yeah, my name is Michael, and my surname is Ujoa. My dad's Spanish. It's a slightly strange surname, um, mm. but it's Michael Ujoa PT. Um, and that is on Instagram and on TikTok and on Twitter. And that's where you'll find all of my content. All right. Thank you. And that will be all for this episode. Hey. Thank you so much.